0: Episode of the This is Believe One podcast. I welcome back Jordan Cohen as we talk about just what the hell happened against the Jets and looking forward to week 17 against the Steelers. Welcome back, Jordan. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, You know, a uh, lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to, you know, talk about just what happened with the Jets and looking forward to um, some relatively I guess, breaking news in regards to who they're going to be facing on Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This will be a fun one.
0: Yeah. So let's start with um, the, the Jets game. Uh, from, I guess, your perspective, besides the obvious of, of players not being there for various reasons, uh, what went wrong?
2: It's funny because usually when I come on this podcast, we talk about how either Baker's not as good as people think he is or Baker's bad or, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's funny because Baker actually took blame for this game, and I, I really don't think Baker played all that badly. I mean, I think they were asking him to do the impossible. I think it was a terrible game plan. And I think asking a quarterback who clearly is – he if you can get him an open receiver, Baker is great. Mm-hmm. asking him to see was open. I, I mean, again, yes, he actually did not do a terrible job, um, but, but that was never going to work.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, I'm pretty sure the average fan had no idea who he was throwing to that wasn't uh, a tight end or a running back on Sunday. Uh, I barely knew who the hell Jamarcus Bradley was. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean... He was throwing to nobodies. They talked about it before before the game started and when the game was going on. They did an impromptu walkthrough in a parking garage the morning of the game. Mm-hmm. So, so yep. the having, I guess, having to throw the ball that much of win, it, it's just, it was not a great game plan. And I understand that the game plan was thought up when everyone was supposed to be available. Okay, and this is something that we actually message back and forth against, but even with a, a healthy receiving group, I don't think passing the ball that much was going to be a great idea to begin with. No,
2: and I, I mean, it's fun. So Jake Trotter, I think, had this tweet that the Browns never ran into a box with more defenders than blockers, mm-hmm. uh, which first off doesn't fit what they've done all season. Part of that may be because like we had two third string offensive linemen in there, mm-hmm. which I mean is fair. But even if the idea going in was our offensive line's not gonna be good enough to create running lanes, we're going to need to pass more, then like there was three or four plays where they did these basically dump off passes to Chubb that got Chubb into space. I mean, they were ostensibly running plays. Yeah. Right? I was like, why don't you do that more? Make that your running game. Just these dump off like have Chubb run left, up the middle, or right, mm-hmm. and he'll get a more likely a linebacker safety on him who he'll truck and he'll gain seven yards. And it was working. And they also had these two plays. One of them was almost caught by Harrison Bryant. Like, where Bryant and Njoku, who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this was a the game. Like, mm-hmm. this was the game where Najoku could play a receiver and should have been able to do what everybody says, Najoku can do, which he can't. But, I mean, it it wasn't even, like, really used, which to me, it feels like either, A, they had a game plan going in, and they did not deviate from it when they found out about the COVID stuff, or B, they basically found out about the COVID stuff, figured, especially on that first drive, the Jets were going to stack the box, and the Jets have a terrible pass defense, and they were going to try to win passing anyways. And – Again, like if that was the game plan, that's fine. But then come up with a better way to get the ball to people that can get you those ostensible running plays as pass plays.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just I'm sitting here just you know thinking about how heavy or pass heavy they were for the entire game, and it's just I get it that the Jets were gonna. Take away their running game, but they came out throwing. It wasn't like they tried to establish the run, failed right. to do it, and right. went to passing. Is you know the the next thing was they found themselves down. Uh, as much as they did, it was they didn't even try. And right, and, no, they didn't. And and that's really where my, my gripe is. I mean, you saw me tweet that i before. I'm like, who's ready for 60 running plays? Who likes the goal line formation? I mean, I'm joking, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek tweeting those yeah. things, but uh, kind of joking, because who the fuck is he throwing to? I'm sorry, but yeah, it, yeah uh, Hooper, Bryant, Njoku, uh, even Cream Hunt out in the slot would have been interesting. Um Wait, by the way, where was, like, if you were going to pass that much, and again, this
2: gets to my point about, like, the dumb pops to Chubb that were very effective, that we should have done more. Why isn't Hunt your number one receiver in this game?
0: Yeah, I I don't understand that. I mean, he he did not really... (sighs) This was just not a, a great coaching performance from... No, and I, I
2: listen, I love Stefanski. I've loved him since we signed him. I mm-hmm. think he's done a phenomenal job. But, like, I also love the United States of America. I love living here, and I can be critical of it at times where I think it deserves to be criticized. Yes. And, and I, I feel like Stefanski, this was, in terms of performances, obviously I think the open game was probably his worst. But this, just in terms of The job he had to do versus the job he did, the gap was so large. Like, beating the Jets is not hard. They're a terrible team. It doesn't matter how many injuries. Like, Mm -hmm. he went in with a bad game plan. I mean, that's it. Like, he had a bad game plan, and they struggled to adjust, or they didn't try to adjust. Although, I think they did a little bit, but they just couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and I, I know that, again, this goes without saying, down receivers, down two linemen, down two linebackers. They, I mean, a lot of guys were missing. That's, that's fair. But you have to make those adjustments. I mean, I saw people, um, I'll say it, they're making excuses uh, for what happened. You know, for for Stefanski or you know or, or Baker Mayfield, you are like, not gonna criticize him. To I'm like, well, Stefanski was bad. I'm sorry, it was bad. Yep, he You was. No, this, I, I mean, was bad. Coaches make adjustments at halftime, and the game plan changes. Okay, I understand. This caught him off guard, but that's that's the game. Okay, you're gonna get caught off guard. You have to adjust. You pe- people make adjustments in shorter periods of time from when the team was informed that they were going to be out with those receivers. Yeah. That's a very extreme like circumstance. Like an entire position group got wiped out, but there's adjustments that can be made.
2: I'm actually going to push back on that last point because at the end of the day, BJ Goodson went somewhere for Christmas and got, or Thanksgiving or whatever it was and got COVID. Yes. And I get this frustration that like, Oh, well, how are they supposed to adjust? Like, why do they play the game? You know what? He did something stupid. Like, oh, listen, I, I am lucky. I live with my family, so for mm-hmm. me it hasn't been an issue. But and I get that that's different for a lot of people. But I mean, the Browns. Like, if you're the Browns, that's a punishment you take. Your player was not as safe as he needed to be during the pandemic. He got COVID. And he could have spread it to the receivers. I think the NFL was 100% right to not let those receivers play. Because imagine if even one of them had COVID. Then the entire Browns team's infected and the entire Jets team's infected. Mm-hmm. So the NFL is the right call. And the Browns should have been prepared for this all season, not just this week. All season, they should have plans in place that what happens if X position group it's COVID because that's <laughs> how this is spreading, right? It, it impacts position groups; it doesn't impact just random people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they didn't have that clearly. They didn't have that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, I mean, I guess mostly what I was just saying is, from a game plan standpoint, for what they were doing, obviously made an yep. impact. They weren't necessarily prepared for it. But you are correct in everything you just said. Let's let's be uh, let's let's to be just at the base point, But you are correct; they should have had some sort of you know, backup plan ready for when something like this happened. I mean, because we've seen it with multiple teams before. The Broncos had to play a game without a quarterback. Uh, the Ravens had it going through their entire locker room. And, yeah, right. And, and let's, let's talk about that, because a lot of people were very critical that the the game wasn't postponed or delayed, which, in my opinion, is not something you want right now anyways at this point in the season, but it's not quite the same as the Ravens or the Chiefs examples that everyone's throwing out there, because the Ravens example, they grew up to like 20 people being placed at it with multiple people being placed on it a day, and it grew up to that number. But they couldn't feel the
2: team. They couldn't feel the team. Yeah.
0: And the the Chiefs one, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's it's not the same. It's similar in the circumstance of, covid's involved but outside of that it's not the same
2: right and i think also the nfl i can't believe i'm saying this the nfl deserves a little bit of credit i think really throughout this entire process for how they've handled it right from the nfl draft to today they've totally been upfront and admitted we're gonna kind of there's not gonna be hard and set rules we're gonna make this up uh, sort of as we go and we'll set precedent as we go mm-hmm. and they've done that and this was not the precedent set by the Ravens or Chiefs game because there wasn't 20 players infected, right? (laughs) There was one player infected, and he may have infected four others. It was plenty possible for the Browns to peel the team. And that, to me, is fair. I think the NFL made the right call. And, again, I just, I don't, like, listen, I love Jarvis Landry, and I love that he was tweeting throughout the game, like, supporting the team. I hate the complaining,
1: like, mm-hmm. dude,
2: I hear that you had one COVID test and tested negative. Like, guess how COVID works, man?
1: It,
2: there's negative. There's false, false negative all the time.
0: Yeah, and then five so, days later you test positive.
2: Right, and so the NFL made the right call because guess what? If today they did those tests again, and even one of those receivers had COVID,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it would have been monumentally disastrous for the NFL. Because you would have had two teams that probably couldn't play the week before playoff.
0: Yeah, that'd be a a huge problem, and that would have some sort of impact on the Browns and their prospective playoff chances. Uh, Right. But back to what happened during the game, and uh, moving on from the the COVID thing, uh, the COVID situation... If there's one thing I would say that we really learned, is that when the... I I think we had an idea of it leading up to this game, but I think if anything this game reinforced that, is that the the Browns are a team that can't play left-handed. When they're forced to do something (laughs) that they're not comfortable with, they can't do it. Because we saw... I mean, granted, week one, not great circumstances. But that's what we saw. Against the Steelers, that's what we saw. Against the Raiders, that's what we saw. You know what I mean? Yep. It, when they're forced to do something they're not comfortable doing, they can't do it. Well, and
2: the criticism of Stefanski last year, and I think again this year, and I think it's the one criticism that really is fair. Because I think everything else, like, Yeah, some of his play calling's been added during parts of games, but overall, he's been a really good play caller. Mm -hmm. And yes, we need, like, let teams figure the Browns out, and then let's see what happens next year. I agree. But the one real criticism we can make of Stefanski is that he, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of possible reasons, right? The Browns didn't really have a preseason. Maybe that's why. Mm -hmm. Vikings, it was his first year. Maybe that's why. He is really bad at adjusting when the team goes down by more than one possession. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, and, he just—he's always been two years; it hasn't changed.
0: And to a point, this is almost—it seems to me this is almost a problem with this specific type of offense. Because if you, if you if you think about the other teams that run versions of this offense, or you know any type of I guess derivative of it, they all suffer from the same issue. And it's if they're taken off of what they want to do and have to do something else, they can't. And if they find themselves down by a score, everything, like, the wheels start to fall off. It just, it seems the, the like... The only one I, yeah,
2: I, the only one I would say is different is Sean McVay. But I think Sean McVay is, like, kind of Doogie Howser, <laughs> right? Like, I think Sean McVay is probably the best offensive play caller in the NFL. And I know, like, now he has an offensive coordinator. Well, he, he, yeah. It's Sean McVay. McVay is the one in Jared Goff's years. And yeah. I know they off the Jets, but, like... Still, they are uh, Sean McVay because I think he's also really good at the passing game,
1: mm-hmm. like as
2: a coach, I think he can make those adjustments. But the way this offense is drilled is that it's run first, right? Mm-hmm. The running game builds out everything else. And if you're going to go pass first, it's going to be to do it quickly so you can quickly establish the run. And McVay is the only one that, like, that's his general formula, but he's really good at deviating from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right, but I think you're right. I think this offense in general, partly because I do think it's a lot of work on offensive coordinators, like you're running the same 12 plays. And so they have to do a lot of work to make it creative. But you're right. Like this, And this is why, and I know uh, Van Pelt supposedly has been great with Baker, or whatever. I wanted a veteran kind of offensive coordinator that was comfortable not being the guy calling plays. Mm -hmm. But there could have been the guy in the background saying, hey, Kevin, this isn't working. We're down 10. We're going to use this set of plays now, Mm -hmm. right? And we've trained this set of plays throughout the week. And again, I think Van Pelt's been great. Uh, From everything I've read, do I know? No, but everything I've read is that he's been really kind of impactful at training the players and developing the players. But that this game, the Raiders game, those two especially, because they were close or closer were perfect examples of just not being able to adjust.
0: Yeah. It's, it's for what I, I, I feel it's just, it's, I think it's something that comes with the system, <laughs> this type of offense. Yeah. And yeah. And, and part of it is a, a lot of the, well, not part of it. Most of it is that this specific offense is usually ran with the same type of quarterback. <laughs> It's not a coincidence <laughs> that these offenses are, are ran by similar quarterbacks. Uh, and,
2: and I know people don't like Jared Goff, and Jared Goff struggled this year. Jared Goff's a good quarterback. Like, it, the, I think part – you're right, right? I, I hadn't thought of that. Part of the reason McVay's able to do that is Jared Goff is a general rule, gets the ball up fast. He reads the field really well. He's a good athlete. Yeah, sometimes he just gets – like, teams can confuse him. But mm-hmm. overall, I mean, I would say he's a top 12 – Fourteen quarterback
0: in the NFL. Yeah, I can say I can I can probably put him in that range when he's you know borderline. Yeah, you know when he's playing at his his best. When he's not playing well, oh boy, it's it's not good. <laughs> but when he's you know, when but he's, overall, he's not he's not Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield or Ryan Tannehill or et cetera. No, I'd say he's better than all of those guys. Yeah, me too. Uh, but that's just. Just how I see, how I feel, how I see it. It's just, okay. You know, that's just how it's going to be. You
2: know what's going to suck is when they extend Baker this offseason. Because, you uh, know, now they're going to do it.
0: God, I really hope they don't. don't. I don't
2: but Uh, but they're going to. I'm I'm just letting you know they're going to do it this offseason.
0: I've warmed up to the idea now of entertaining. Entertaining, not saying yes to it. Entertaining the fifth-year option pickup. I've warmed up to entertaining yeah. that idea, only because we've seen that the team can play well with him at quarterback. But under the yeah, but not committing long term to him is is
2: yeah. Long-term. I mean, I've always been good with the fifth year option.
0: To be honest, like, I, I think <clears throat> that should have been a
2: given. Kind of, especially with the recent weeks. Mm-hmm. But they're going to extend him this offseason. They're going to give him a big deal. Oh, and I it, think that big deal is going to signal the end of probably Nick Chubb, which to me is just like if you got to pick between the two, I don't, I, I have no idea how. If you are picking between the two, maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe they'll get rid of some of the receivers and find a way to keep both. But how? how? I, how do you look at this team and say Baker's more valuable?
0: You don't. You don't. Um, <laughs> you, you don't. Uh, now, it's not something it would be my that my favorite idea, but if they did a a shorter term contract for Baker Mayfield, which gives them the ability to get out of it if he you know, reverts back playing poorly, like extremely poorly. And there's a way to get out of it. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't say yes, let's do that. But I wouldn't. I'd be like, okay, they they saw something that they think they can build on. They want to, you know, make sure he's happy and all this other stuff. Okay, I get it. But giving him some of these deals that you see these other quarterbacks getting, I mean, no way. They could hand him anything resembling any of the quarterback deals we saw this past off season. The, uh... Yeah, I actually think they're going to have to act
2: fast because the Bills, rightfully, are going to give Josh Allen a mega deal. And if Josh Allen signs that deal before they extend Baker, Baker's going to be able to ask. Now, they shouldn't give it, but he will be able to ask for a lot more. So I think like the Browns, if they've decided they're going to extend Baker and give him kind of like that, as you were saying, like the Derek Carr almost contract or the even the Blake Bortles one where it's kind of like, listen, we've seen promise from you here's a deal that's going to make you very wealthy. We're not going to give you a long-term offer. Like I I would be okay with that. Right. I think you're right. It opens the door, right. It it gives you flexibility, but they got to do it quickly.
0: I mean, if the, the, if, you know, the bills give Josh Allen a big deal. I mean, the the way I see it is that I don't feel that it should not that it will, that it won't that. I don't feel that it should impact any sort of contract negotiations about Baker Mayfield because Josh Allen's been head and shoulders clearly better than Baker Mayfield. It, it, you know, we're talking apples and oranges at this point between the two quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Josh
0: Allen's going to be in the quarterback for a lot of years. And I am so glad I was on that train from day one. Um, <laughs> you can, yeah. uh, uh, you can ask our, uh, our mutual friend Ashwin about that. The, the, when the bills drafted him, he's like, sell me on Josh Allen. And I, typed them out a paragraph and sent it to him.
2: <laughs> Listen, Josh Allen was always a guy that was going to take time to develop, right? Everybody knew that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and, I mean, PFF just is really bad at evaluating. I, so, I, let me rephrase that. I think PFF is really good at evaluating, like, mid-round quarterback, right? They're really good at telling you if a quarterback can be a backup in the league for a long time. They're really bad at evaluating star quarterbacks. Yes, and Josh Allen. It was just and Lamar Jackson too. To be fair, like both of these guys were. Listen, did they have a chance of busting? Yeah, because they were raw potential, but mm-hmm. that potential was so high. And if you were the Bills at that point, like you had Tyrod Taylor, it wasn't a bad decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. It was a you have a good team, you have a really good coach. Let's roll the dice, and it worked. And, and I mean. Again, I was on the Baker Mayfield train. I, 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 he was my top choice. And as I said here, though, Josh Allen, like, hit the Browns in Josh Allen, I would have been like, great. Like, we'll, we'll sign to rod and we'll give Josh Allen a few years to kind of – or a year to just develop, mm-hmm. and then he'll take over. And two years from now, hopefully he is a star quarterback. And that's what the Bills did.
0: Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's really good. But, uh, again – he was the guy I wanted. We got Baker Mayfield. Yep. Everyone knows how I feel about Baker Mayfield. Uh, I feel yep. it's a guy you can win with, not be, win because of. Josh Allen's a guy you're winning because of. And I think there's a very distinct right. difference between the two. Um, got a little off track there when we got the Josh Allen. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, it, it's all good. Um, but looking, looking forward... Um, The Browns have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a chance. There's like eight different scenarios which can find them making the playoffs. The two easiest are... Or simplest, not easiest. Let me rephrase that. The two simplest ones are beating the Steelers or the Colts lose. Um, Now, there's a chance the beating the Steelers one has a better chance of happening because Mason Rudolph is starting. And get ready for a nonstop Miles Garrett-Mason Rudolph discussion. I mean,
1: yeah, the the
2: sad thing is, I I mean, Miles Garrett keeps saying it and people are just going to have to accept it. He's not the same player since COVID. Mm -hmm. He's not. Like, since he got COVID, he's not been the same player. And I don't think he's going to be for a... a, My guess is we won't see that guy again until next season. Mm -hmm. And so, I I mean, I have been so underwhelmed with Joe Woods because I think there's a way... Like, what Miles is saying is he gets tired. Like, he's running out of breath. Mm-hmm. And so, I think there's an easy answer here, which is, Port Creston's not great, but you don't need to be playing Miles every drive. Mm-hmm. Rest him, right? Like, there are obviously defensive possessions that are more important than others. And I think it's okay to rest him. But, I yeah, to your point, I think it's going to be nonstop. Mason Rudolph's going to start. My guess is Pittsburgh starts a lot of backups. Mike Tomlin's still a good coach, and mm-hmm. I I think the receivers will be back. Hopefully, Wyatt Teller's back. But the Browns, I mean, it, they can't walk into this thinking it's going to be easy. Like, if you're the Browns, your objective needs to be to blow them
1: out.
0: Yes. It, it is to get rolling. It is to blow them out. It is to do what you can to... I guess, make the Steelers' offense struggle, because, to be honest here, the Browns' defense is not good. Um, But, as we all know, just because the Steelers are playing their backups doesn't mean it's going to be a walk in the park. Uh, We're not that far removed of the Steelers playing their entire backup team and the Browns losing to finish off an 0-16 season. We're not that far removed from that.
2: I mean, they're, the backups are still NFL players. Like, most mm-hmm. of the backups on that team probably were the star player at their college. Like, Mason Rudolph was one of the best quarterbacks around the year he was, like, that, his senior year. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he, he, these guys are all really good football players. And they're going to, I mean, this is going to be, I, I think, more for a test for the coordinators. But the coordinators are going to have a tough game plan. They're not going to go in and be like, run twice, pass one.
0: Yeah, it's just from from my perspective, I thought the Steelers were going to try and uh, maybe pl- if maybe not play their starters the whole game, but play them for like a quarter, maybe maybe a half. Yeah. Just because yeah. of they've looked like dog shit for the past like month and a half, it, even when they were still winning, they they looked like they were right. running on fumes. Then they lost three straight, even against the Colts last weekend.
1: Yeah. like
2: they didn't look the Colts are also a team that is just falling apart
1: but Mm
2: -hmm. I don't think that is that good so
0: yeah you're right I mean the Steelers are falling apart but I, I, I mean on one hand it's kind of like they're doing us a favor but on the other hand we they just gotta go in and finish the job but it's a lot easier said than done um because I still feel like a, probably a good handful of those guys in that Steelers defense would be starting here in Cleveland. Uh, the backup guys <laughs> on the Steelers defense would be starting here in Cleveland. Uh, I don't know about you. Oh,
2: 100%. I mean, and I also, like, they're not going to, especially in the defense. They're
0: not going to roll he, over and just, like, let him score.
2: Well, my guess is, like, we'll see T.J. Watt for a few drives, right? I think Devin Bush is going to play a lot because they need to get him kind of in form. They're, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be tough. They're Mike Tomlin, no matter what his critics say is a really good coach.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He is. They're going to, I mean, he's a really good coach. They're going to be tough. And the Browns need to come in prepared this. I mean, ostensibly this is a playoff game. Yeah, it is right. You, and then you go on and you lose or you lose and you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think, So the first round, they basically play whoever wins the AFC South, whether it's Tennessee or Indianapolis. If I'm correct,
0: neither of those teams. I think neither of those.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's worlds where that's not the case, but I think more worlds than not,
0: that's the case. I I think that is. I I mean, of course, it all depends on what happens with everyone else. Right. Uh, In the playoff, I'm pulling up the playoff picture right now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so <clears throat> let's see they're the seventh seed right now so as of now they'd be they're playing too. they'd be playing Buffalo
2: yeah that's going to be a bad like I think so I guess my view of it is any of the AFC South teams and any of the AFC North teams I, I actually think the Browns can beat which is interesting because I think the more playoff experience this team gets, the better. But I think Bills and Kansas City are just going to smack us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. I, I really don't want to face – though part of me does want to face Kansas City just so these guys can realize how far away they are. Because Kansas City will beat us by 30 points, even if we play a great game. That, that is, there is no way – Kansas City could rest Pat Mahomes. Against our
0: defense, I mean, Kansas City could run like Wildcat, and you know the triple option, and the you know <laughs> the single wing, and and, and run, that, just, yeah, and run circles around the the Browns' defense outside of well, I guess now you know because Miles Garrett's not himself, but you know normal Miles Garrett outside of him, everyone else, right? And like I, I was so mad about this.
2: I know. Woods ran a lot more man to man last weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why isn't Ward on James or Crowder? What's his name, uh, the receiver? Jamison Crowder. Yeah, Jamison Crowder, who was killing us. Like he was clearly the number one target. If you are going to play man, which I think they should be playing more of, Ward needs to just be on whoever that number one target is the whole game. Mm-hmm. And they had him like playing man, but on one side of the field. So just like okay, we'll just like shift our receivers around.
0: I mean, what is I, what is your read on Joe Woods? I, I know it's not a, a great set of circumstances uh, this year. You know, um, the talent on the defensive side of the ball is obviously not up to the same level as that on the offensive side of the ball. So I understand there are challenges, and that guys have gotten hurt.
2: Yeah. He hasn't adapted, right? The one thing I think we all can say, Kevin Stavansky not great in game yet, Mm -hmm. but Stavansky changed the offense quite significantly, especially during the bye week, Mm -hmm. right? Like he adapted, the offense looks like qualitatively different than it did to start the season. And I mean that in a good way, Mm -hmm. the defense hasn't, they're doing the same stuff out there that they did in week one. It's not working guys. And, I know, right, you're right, and that's why Joe Wood's going to get a second year, because the defense sucks. Mm-hmm. The talent. But, like, I mean, I don't know, as much as we both thought linebackers were going to be a problem, B.J. Goodson's played really well. Right? Yes, he's uh, he's
0: surprised me.
2: Yeah, I mean, as much as we thought defensive line has been a problem, Sheldon Richardson, Miles Garrett, and Olivier Vernon have all looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And So I know they had, I mean, you're trotting Sandejo out there every play. Like, I, I get that's a limitation, mm-hmm. but then then stop burning zone coverage, right? Yeah. Don't rely on Sandejo to have to make a read. It, it, every every week, I, I'm
0: I, just like, uh, okay, who's Sandejo going to allow a bit play to this week? Who's their fast guy? <laughs> and even last week, when they were in man, most of the time,
2: Sandejo was still zoning out as a free safety, right? Mm-hmm. Like, They were in mainly man. It was cover one a lot and some cover two, but Sandejo still was in zone. And like like this guy can't read his own. So if if you're gonna have zone defense, then and you want your deep safety to be reading the play, you can't have it be Sandeo. I mean, and I also the team, the defense. I'm sorry. If I have to see Mac Wilson celebrating after a tackle on second (laughs) one more time, I'm going to lose it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Sendejo at least is like a team guy. Like, I think Sendejo, his heart's in the right place. I think he works hard. I think Mm -hmm. both the physical limitations and he's just not great at reading the field are what limits him. Mac Wilson, like, I I do not want to see him once next year. I don't. He's awful at what he does. Mm -hmm. And, does not like he is celebrating and then the so you remember the play where they had like the weird play and they got an easy touchdown off it off the long pass Mm -hmm. i think it was crowder
1: yeah
2: before that mac wilson got a tackle on second Mm down, and was celebrating i mean that's unacceptable that's uh, that is unacceptable behavior It, it really is
0: i but that's I think part of that's on Joe Woods I agree and I I, I think he's uh, allowing it to happen uh, as the old saying goes you're either teaching it or allowing it to happen I think he's allowing it to happen uh, which I'm not a fan of I mean because let's be honest here we all know what Mack Wilson is Mac Wilson isn't good I mean
2: Taki Taki, who I also don't think is good,
0: but like Sioni Taki Taki
2: has shown like on rundowns or against screens, also mm-hmm. he's actually a player. Like, I actually see there's some utility for Sioni Taki Taki. I think it's mainly a special teams guy, but like, I, he doesn't bother me.
0: Yeah, like Mac- a special teams rotational linebacker, sub linebacker, yeah. fine.
2: Yeah, I don't know what Mac Wilson offers. I mean, everybody's like, oh, he's good in coverage. No, he's not. Mac Wilson bites on play action literally every time, so he's not good in coverage. I don't buy. B.J. Goodson's good in coverage for a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Mac not. So what? I I don't know what, but he's got to go. They got to <laughs> cut. him. Have him for training camp, whatever. But you gotta cut him.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, he was a he was a late round pick, wasn't he? he was like a fifth fifth rounder. I think fifth. I think fifth round. So, I mean, it's, you're not really committed to him, really. He's a fifth-round pick. I, I wouldn't mind if Mac Wilson uh, was not on the, the roster next year, just because I, I don't see a lot of value in him on the team or on the roster or on the field. Um, right. But... Remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about, and I mentioned uh, turnover luck? Yep. And how I said it was going to swing back in the other direction. It was going to swing back like a bitch. Yep. That's where we're at right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, people like to say that turnovers are. If you have a good defense, you'll get turnovers. No. Turnovers are. I, I mean, if you look at stats like year to year turnovers, very significantly. I do not think turnovers – I mean, yes, you have to have a decent defense to generate a turnover, right? Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett getting strip sack turnovers doesn't happen with Porter Gustin making the sack. Fair. But overall, it's very random when those turnovers occur. Mm -hmm. And, yep, you're right. This is why the defense – I mean, it happened against the Titans, right? The reason the Titans came back so strong in the second half is they stopped turning the ball over. Yeah. And that's turnovers, and Titans pick them apart.
0: When turnover luck turns against you, it 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 sucks, and that's what we've seen. Um, yep. There are there are actually two other things from the Jets game. Not to bring up the Jets game over and over again, but two particular things I wanted to get uh, your uh, opinion on. Uh, one's Baker Mayfield related the other is uh, Cody Parkey related Um, so let's start with Baker Mayfield and uh, he fumbled three times Uh, the most costly one being on a fourth down quarterback sneak on a very long fourth and one would you have snuck the ball with Baker Mayfield on that long fourth and one No. so the reason they did that
2: is they had done it earlier in the game and it worked Mm -hmm. I I don't know That fumble, I don't blame on Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. Like, it was a bad play call. You put him in a bad position. Mm -hmm. Fourth and one. Like, I don't know, dude. You have Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. You have Kareem Hunt. You have, hell, you have Andy Janovich. These guys all can convert that fourth and one Mm -hmm. fairly easily. And the Jets knew it because the fourth and one earlier in the game, you lined up in the same formation and Baker snuck the ball in. Yeah. Do I think that was definitely a fumble? No, I actually think there. I, I think there's a fair criticism that that was not a fumble, that it was a lateral, whatever, whatever.
0: It, it was a bad play call, right? Like, do you agree or am I wrong here? I would not have. Uh, first of all, I'm not a big fan of sneaking the ball with Baker Mayfield to begin with, um, because of his shorter stature, right. and he usually just doesn't seem to have that ability as a shorter quarterback to find like that little gap. That some of the other ones managed to do. Right. Uh, he usually, as we as we saw in that last play, gets right behind one of his guys and just kind of hopes to fall forward a little bit. Is usually right. what it looks like. And right. so I'm not a fan of sneaking the ball with him just because of how because he's smaller. You know, right. if if this was you know you know Roethlisberger. Allen or Brady or Rodgers, you know, someone significantly bigger than him, sneak it all the time. I don't care. Right. Because those guys are going to get it. And if they don't get it initially, they're going to fall forward far enough that they will get it.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, I mean, I was fine doing it on the fourth and one earlier in the game because it was a, it was a surprise play and it worked. Mm-hmm. You don't do it again, Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't do it again. The Jets have seen it. The Jets knew it was coming. And, I mean, right, if Baker doesn't fumble the ball, then it's a first down. Well, yeah, but you're asking your quarterback to run the ball. It doesn't matter if it's Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger. The odds of a fumble are significantly higher.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then you have, I mean, the, the like, fourth and one, if you don't want to run it, do a play-action rollout. Roll them out to the right.
0: Yeah, you know, dump it off. There to, will be the first down there. I mean, he he would be able to either you know dump it off to one of the tight ends, or if he has running lanes, run it himself. Yeah, which nice. I mean, there were a few times he could have done that on Sunday, and he didn't. And it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what
2: the game plan was. I I really don't think Baker played that badly on Sunday. I, I mean, there were questionable decisions he made, obviously, but I think overall, like he was in a really bad position and we were asking him to be the guy the whole game and that's not Baker Mayfield you can't do that and i listen he came out after the game and took full responsibility he it was not even just like a we need to be better it was i failed the team which to his credit like good i think he's wrong I get why he feels that way. I think he's wrong. I think Stepanski failed the team. I think there are plenty of players that had terrible games that failed mm-hmm. the team. I do not think Baker Mayfield failed the team. Not on Sunday. He has earlier this season, but not on Sunday.
0: Yeah, but besides the the occasional play was just like oh, that was a bad pass, or you know uh, there was a third and two where he rolled out and it was a, a, a first down right in front of him and he Didn't. Run yeah. it, he threw it and it was an incomplete pass. You know, little stuff like that. But overall, I thought he played fine, uh, especially considering <laughs> circumstances. Right. But.
2: I agree with that. I agree. No, and I, like, people were mad about him, about the fumble. Like, oh, Baker needs to do well, Yeah, but, like, why is on a fourth and one, the play of the season, are you doing a quarterback sneak? It, it shouldn't be.
0: It, it it really shouldn't be. I mean, because you, you're, you're working te- out the Jets. Good. You you've already ran the play multiple times leading up to that time, up to that play. And so there's already suspicion of, hey, they might sneak it, um, since you've done it twice. Right. And because you've done it twice, and you lined up in that formation again, you are telling them we're doing this again. It, well, it, and the
2: crazy it, it, thing is a, a small change in the play. If instead of sneaking it, he just gave it a quick handoff to Hunt, mm-hmm. that's a first down. It, it, so to me, it's like you set them up to play the sneak.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That is the perfect time. Like, so all year long, you've been doing this misdirection stuff. Great. Why? Why? Why the one time you choose not to run the misdirection is at that play?
1: Yeah,
0: it it just, I just don't get it. And speaking of misdirection, was there just like a lack of misdirection run plays? I know they didn't run the ball a whole lot because 53 passes was apparently the game plan. Uh, But it seemed like they were not running a lot of misdirection or really outside run plays.
2: They weren't running zone basically at all. And I think part of that was Nick Harris was just awful. And when they run outside zone, they usually run it right. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just, they were not running stretch plays. They were not running like your traditional, like wide zone kind of run, which I thought was strange. I I also feel like you had seven bad Nick Harris run plays in the first half. That doesn't inherently mean the second half you're going to have seven bad Nick Harris run plays, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason we know that is the week before Nick Harris came in and looked fine. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was very reactionary kind of. Play calling, which again is very unusual, and I think it backfired. I, again, I think there was an even if Nick Harris was just going to be terrible all game long, and you couldn't run well, then do again give it to Hunter Chubb on short passes, mm-hmm. get them out in the space. You, you're not going to tackle either of them in space. Not on the first touch, and let them go. Use that as your run game. I just, I don't
0: get it.
1: Yeah, it's just...
0: It, it seems like there was a, a a half-hearted commitment to the run in that game. Um, it yeah. was, we're going to try it, but as soon as it, as soon as we get stopped, we're not going to do it again. And that's just seemed like what it was. Um, yep. Now, moving on to uh, the topic of the week... Cody Parkey. <clears throat> what do you make of Cody Parkey?
2: Cody Parkey is what we knew him to be. Overall, Cody Parkey is a really good place kicker. And he is a average to below average field goal kicker. Not because he has, like, a weak leg. He doesn't. It's that he just makes every once in a while he misses an extra point. Right? He'll Mm -hmm. hit the 58-yard field goal and then miss the extra point. Mm -hmm. And it's that inconsistency that makes it. And, I mean, I get what Stavansky was trying to do because odds are you're not going to find another kicker right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's obviously some available, but, like, where are you going to go for? I, I do think Stavansky, and I think we'll see this in the Pittsburgh game, I think he's going to be much more likely to go for two or go... For on fourth and one or fourth and two rather than kicking the field goal going for it. And he's done that all season.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: They're going to have to find a kicker. And I pray to God they don't draft one. (laughs) There's so many... The good ones are always undrafted free agents. So... Or veterans. So, you're going to have to stick with Cody Parkey. I hope to God he was just saying that he trusts him and doesn't actually.
0: Yeah. I I mean, the, the comment, I have a ton of confidence in Cody Parkey. Uh... Listen, I understand that you're not going to just be Hugh Jackson and throw him under the bus here. Right. But saying a ton of confidence is different, is a little overboard, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he he could say you I, mean, know, I have confidence yeah. in Cody Parkey or, you know, Cody Parkey is our kicker or you know right. Co- Cody Parkey's been here since week two. We have plans to keep him for the remainder of the season, but a ton of confidence makes you just it that it, it, it's different in my opinion. it, it is. And I, I, I don't actually believe he has
2: a ton of confidence in Cody Parkey. I, I, mean, I think no. does. <laughs> Why? right and nobody nobody has a ton of confidence in cody parkey i agree it was probably he went a little overboard and it may have muted the effect a little bit like if you're cody parkey like oh he he does not have a ton of confidence in me if he did i would have kicked a 62 yard field goal not the punter right and and so I, i i get that and i think you're correct i just i Listen, at the end of the day, the Browns are not going to win on a field goal in any game like they they don't have that ability
1: no they, and they don't.
2: Also, their special teams are just gen- genuinely awful
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so I think that I mean there have been times where Cody Parkey's kicked it and has made the field goal where the field goal almost got blocked because the the special teams unit just like folded. And so, I mean, he's made decent. Cody Parkey's going to get another job in the NFL after this season. Because he is like that guy you bring in in week two or week three when your first kicker sucks that you cut. You bring in Cody Parkey, and he gives you more or less average performances considering where he kicks the field goal. Mm -hmm. But he cannot be a guy for a serious playoff team. No. I I would rather have a guy that is average at place kicks but can hit consistently – Field goals from 40 yards are closer, but doesn't miss
0: those. I don't care if the kicker's doing the kickoffs. Have the punter do the kickoffs. Give me a guy that kicks the ball between the uprights. That's all I care about. Right, right, right. And for for a while, that's what we had here in Cleveland, where Phil Dawson wasn't doing kickoffs.
2: Right. Phil Dawson was, I mean, that's what, it's actually funny. I was thinking, could the Scottish Hammer be a field goal kicker? Because, yeah, he missed the field goal this week, but, mm-hmm. like, the form on that was perfect.
0: hmm
2: I mean, why, like, why not give it a shot?
0: I mean, give it some consideration if Cody Parkey, uh, one, misses his, uh, makes it four straight games with a missed extra point, because currently he's on three uh, that he's missed an extra point in, uh, or he doinks another field goal. The the dude just hits uprights all the time.
1: Yeah. The, yep, the, nice.
0: the, the you're, you're the double doink. He doinked six field goals.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I mean, it is. Again, I think he's, like, everything I've read about him is he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. I think he does his, again, he is basically average. Overall, he is a below average between the uprights kicker. And you need better than that. I don't buy, like, there are kickers that are just, like, incredible year in and year-out. I mean, even Phil Dawson had baddish years. But I believe there are tiers, and you need a better than below-average extra point kicker.
0: And I, I really think that's where Cody Parkey is, is that below-average extra point <laughs> range. You know, yep. uh, field goals, he's still kind of in that below-average thing, you know, yeah. tier. But yeah. just yeah, Cody Parkey no, is frustrating. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I wasn't excited about him being uh, promoted to the active roster to begin with. Uh, because, one, we've already experienced life with Cody Parkey before, and it was not memorable. Right. Uh, since then, it was the disastrous season with the Bears. So we, we all know what Cody Parky is. We knew this would happen.
2: And I, well, I think it all went to shit when we drafted Austin Seibert. <laughs> because who was a kicker before Seibert? We signed
0: him mid-season. And he was actually pretty good. Uh, the, the, Out of FAU, I think. Let's see, Brown's kicker is Seibert. Uh Zane Gonzalez was a kicker. Uh, Zane Gonzalez we traded. He was good, though.
2: Me, I, I mean, I, I'll look it up, but um, yeah, I think that it is just a kind of a weird. It's just it's unfortunate. I I'm worried that it will end up costing us at some point, but you have to imagine that that eventually the Browns
0: like move on you know, find somebody new. I mean, they they're going to they're going to they're, they're gonna have to. I mean, cuz yeah. Let's see, cuz Cybert was the kicker last year. I I pulled up the stats. Uh, yeah. Greg Joseph? Yeah, Greg Joseph. He was fine.
2: I I mean I, I don't I think he missed once like for half a year. He was fine. And they kept Cybert who I mean I, I don't John Dorsey, this was John Dorsey, right? He can draft, like, he can identify top-tier talent very well. Mm-hmm. But with John Dorsey, you don't get these average guys, right? You don't get, like, a fourth-round pick that is a spot starter for four years and then leaves It's a good pick, right? John Dorsey doesn't draft those. John Dorsey guys are either major hits or major misses. And Seibert was just, like, again, he, he was really athletic, which is why Dorsey drafted him. He was not a good kicker in college. He, he would have gone ungrafted. Let's see. And so I just
0: hope they don't do that. Joseph made 17 of 20 field goals, 25 okay. of 29 extra points. Okay, so he wasn't great. And I believe yeah. he lost the kicking competition to Seibert the following year. He did. He did. He did. He did. I, I mean, yeah, so we need to find I mean,
2: you just got to find a kicker that... Okay, makes extra points in field – or makes extra points at a 95-ish percent clip. And then it makes field goals it an 85-ish percent clip for, around the 50 yards and closer to the 90, 95, 40 yards and closer. That's what they need to find.
0: I agree. <clears throat> I mean, they're, they're – I mean, we, we all knew that this point was going to happen, Right? When when yeah. it comes to the yeah. Browns kickers, we all knew that this was going to happen, and it, it's funny because uh, uh, Big Cat, on pardon my take, said a week ago, you, "You cannot keep Cody Parkey; he's going to fuck you in the face." Yeah. <laughs> a week ago, that he, of course, you know he he joints the field goal, the Browns lose, and he's just like, "I tried to tell you." <laughs> And right, so, right. Yeah. It's just funny because, I mean, again, he's a Bears fan, so he's very well of the Cody Parkey experience as well. But it's just funny seeing that play out in real time because so I remember listening to that episode and I'm being like, I know, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. It's just, when is it going to happen?
2: My, I mean, and honestly, at the end of the day, that made kick wouldn't have saved us this weekend. Mm-mm,
0: mm-mm.
2: But, but at the same time, eventually, in a big game, it is going to cost you. It will. And you got to hope that big game's not against Pittsburgh. I really think, even if the Browns lose in the first round of the playoffs, I think making the playoffs is a franchise changing moment. Right, Because it shows, we listen, we had an easy schedule, but we did it. We mm-hmm. overperformed expectations. And even if they lose against Pittsburgh, they overperformed expectations. Yes. But especially if they beat Pittsburgh and make the playoffs, they clearly overperformed expectations. And it shows they can do it. And I think that changes a lot for a lot of guys on this team. Mm-hmm. I think if they don't make the playoffs, I, I do not think they're going to make the playoffs next season. Uh, the schedule is going to be tougher. I think teams will adjust a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think they're still going to have Baker. And so, I, I, they may put together a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight season, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But, still, making it once puts you in a position like the Rams are in this year. And I know the Rams were much better yes. that year they went to the Super Bowl. But they didn't lose guys they wanted to keep, because those guys realized, hey, we can do this on this team. And it gave them flexibility. Yeah, they lost money on the Gurley signing, but... Because they had a good roster, because they were able to keep people, I mean, it gave them that flexibility. And I really think making the playoffs, because no matter what, I don't think they're making it next season. That's why this season, I think, is so important.
0: Yeah, next season's going to be a little bit more difficult playing harder opponents, uh, possibly a more difficult uh, opponent uh, schedule-wise, because they finish second or third. I don't think they can finish second in the division anymore, though. No. I think if Baltimore think loses... Or... If Baltimore loses... Yeah, that's true. Baltimore has Sorry. to lose, but I don't think they're going to lose. Um, <clears throat> So there's a chance they could finish second if if the Browns win and Baltimore loses, but I think they're locked into that third place for those two opponents, which... Any given year could be bad. If the Browns beat the Steelers, though,
2: they're the Browns are still second, right?
0: Well, if if the if the Browns beat the Steelers, I think the because the the Ravens are ahead of them currently in the playoff standings, I believe. Okay, okay, okay,
2: that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, either way, like. It's been a good year. I, honestly, I mean, I complain a lot. It's been a fun season. I yes. think there's a lot of promising things. But you just, like, it's going to be such a letdown. And I know, I, I mean, listen, being a Cleveland fan, right, for our entire lives, we know, like, there's enjoyable moments just in the journey, right? Like, mm-hmm. the 2017 halves team that went to the finals and lost to Kevin Durant's Warriors,
1: mm-hmm. that team
2: was still the most fun offensive team I've ever watched, right? And, like, yeah. you can look back and enjoy that. But it's much easier to look back and enjoy that because they won the title the year before. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be much easier to enjoy, like, just kind of these good seasons for the Browns if they make the playoffs this year, right? Because you're like, yeah, you know what? We've made the playoffs. I've been alive for it. I've seen it. I know with this team, this coaching staff is possible. So let's just enjoy the season. It's. It'll just be so much easier to do that if they make the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, and and just looking forward it something that they need to do that so many other teams that have been in similar situations is don't think that you're fine or you don't need to improve because we've seen it from so many other teams. They're like, oh, we got our guys. We can just run it back and not have to make any improvements. It's about making those in improvements to take that next step.
2: It's in every sport. I agree, right? Teams... Get content and mm-hmm. then they mess up right and yeah no in every sport and I mean the good news is I don't feel I, I feel like Barry's undoing maybe that he becomes overactive like we do too much stuff
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but I don't I mean just given like what happened this summer we're like basically he changed the entire defense which so you had no consistency. It, that, I think that's my worry, but I don't think they'll get complacent, but you're right. They make the playoffs. Maybe that changes, right? Maybe they say, well, we'll progress. I will have another year in the fancy system, and they'll be even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. The Chiefs last year were not necessarily better than the Chiefs the year before. <laughs> right? They, yeah. a, they, they were better in some ways, but large parts of that were the trades they made that offseason. Mm-hmm. And so the Browns have to
0: follow that. And, you know, the the one area that they need to make improvements on is the defense. Yeah. Definitely the so defense. They, I mean, the
2: secondary especially.
0: Secondary. Definitely secondary. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wouldn't hate a linebacker addition,
2: but definitely secondary. No, no, they need to... They need to add a linebacker. I also think they need to re-sign B.J. Goodson. I mean, B.J. Goodson has done everything you've asked him this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he deserves a spot. It's like the Christian Kirksey stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Goodson deserves a spot. And so, Goodson, re-sign Goodson, add another linebacker, probably via free agency. Just because those are generally more consistent year-to-year. And then you got to find, a, I mean, especially a free safety, a deep safety. And listen, Delpit, I love Delpit coming out of the draft. I think he's a really – you can ask Delpit to be the free safety on a team that wants to to the Mm playoffs. Like he's going to be a rookie next year. I mean, I know it's not, but he's a rookie, right? I mean, he's a rookie next year. You're going to need somebody who probably off that first contract, not good enough to get a second, but still a solid player. That's the type of guy you need to sign. And they, they don't have a choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they really don't. I mean, a, a, another year of Sandejo is I mean, people will riot, um, <laughs> to be right. honest. Uh, and what we, what they've gotten out of some of the other guys on the one-year deals has been nothing remarkable. Uh, the
2: only one is B.J. Goodson.
0: Yeah. Because right? Carl Paris Joseph
2: is, is... I hate Carl Joseph. Man, I am like the only person... I hate Carl Joseph. I was excited for him, but he makes, d- I, yeah, he makes some good tackles, right? Like, congratulations. Mm-hmm. The dumb mistakes he makes, I, I get now Harrison's hurt. I don't understand how Carl Joseph was starting games over Harrison. Harrison's not great, but he's not bad out there. He's not a negative player. Like, he does what you ask of him. Mm-hmm. And he has some games that are really good, I, but Carl Joseph's been terrible. That defensive tackle they signed from Cincinnati hasn't played, obviously. Yeah. The cornerback the uh, Kevin Johnson has been... I mean, everybody was worried about injuries with him. The problem hasn't been injuries. He's just not... He's not good. <laughs> possible. I mean, Terrence Mitchell's better. And everybody's like, oh, well, this is Terrence Mitchell's last season. It better not be. Like, you got to re-sign Terrence Mitchell. Because Terrence Mitchell, he's not good, but he at least does a job for you. And is a backup cornerback. And mm-hmm. they're going to... They, I actually, I would put money on this now. The first Browns pick, they draft a cornerback. Because I don't think they're going to trust Greedy. I think they're going to draft somebody in the first round that's a cornerback. I don't trust Greedy. Right. No, nobody should trust Greedy. Um, Greedy was also not good last year. Like, everybody's like, oh, well, when Greedy comes back, yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, really? He was a pretty bad cornerback for us last year. Yeah, he, had yeah, good- he, he wasn't good. Right. And so I'm kind of just like, yeah, maybe, but we need another cornerback. So, I mean, if, and they need, I mean, I actually think they should just re-sign Olivier Vernon. He's been good this year.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, that's the, the, the debate that just keeps on going. What do the Browns do with Olivier Vernon? He's not going
2: to get a huge contract. Like you will get him for the pay this year. And I don't know. I mean, you're you're never going to be able to afford two Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. right? And if you yeah. try, you're going to end up with Jadavie and Clowney because teams that have a Miles Garrett resign Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get another one unless somebody like what happened with Khalil Mack a few years ago becomes available. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And is a I mean Olivier Vernon's better than Clowney by far. And I can't think of anybody available that's going to give
0: you more than Vernon gives you. I can look at the upcoming free agent defensive ends.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just but, overall uh, corn, cornerback's going to be the easiest position for, for them to draft who can contribute from day one.
0: Yeah, um, Olivier Vernon has had a much better year than I think. Everybody thought he was going to, uh, especially considering yeah. everybody wanted to just straight up cut him uh, going into the year. You and I were, I remember you
2: and I were like, this makes no sense, right? Like, you've got to, get, like, Vernon is better than Clowney. I remember both of us were saying that. Mm-hmm. And
0: guess what? Vernon is better than Clowney.
2: Crazy. By <laughs> far. Like, I didn't even realize how much it was, but like, Clowney's been in every situation and just sucks. Like, he's not going to generate sex. He doesn't. He's not a good run defender. I mean, he's good, but he's not great. Vernon's better.
0: So, I mean, Vernon's just better.
2: Vernon just wasn't taken number one overall.
0: Yeah, he wasn't taken number one overall, and he's had uh, some injury issues in his career. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, sure. You know, so that's not... Helping him, really. Right. But, let's see, 2021 free agents for... Defensive end Leonard Williams, Janavian Clowney, Justin Houston, Yannick Goguay, Ryan Kerrigan. And after that it starts yeah. to drop off. So, yeah,
2: I mean, I guess if you can get one of those on a reasonable, not Clowney, but not, if the <laughs> other ones yeah. you get on a reason on a reasonable deal, then fine. I just don't think you're going to. I think Kerrigan's going to get paid a boatload. Mm-hmm. I think Leonard Williams is going to get paid a boatload. So. I don't really know which one of those guys you're getting on a deal that's going to be
0: better value
2: than what you'll pay Vernon.
1: Yeah,
0: you, you're not. <laughs> you, you're really not. <clears throat> and so yeah. I, I can't wait for that to be the topic of the offseason. What do they do with Lovie Vernon? Oh, don't pay him. Yeah, he stinks. Kind of. He gets hurt all the time.
2: Listen, they should at some point in this draft draft a defense event. I totally agree with that. I just don't think the first round is going to be the place they do it. I think the first round, they're going to take a surefire hit, which, like, cornerbacks generally, you know if they're good or not that first year. Yeah. It's very rare rare to have, like, a year like Greedy's where it was kind of like, he's probably not going to be good, but you never know. Like, that's rare,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: especially with first round. I know Greedy wasn't, but first round cornerbacks, that's very rare. And so I think that they will draft a cornerback. I think they will sign a free safety. And I think they will at some point draft a defensive end. They got to draft linebackers and they have safety depth. I would be okay if they drafted a safety later on, but like, I think cornerback and linebacker you need to improve. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, you know, what are they do in the, the middle of the defensive line, too? Because it seems like there could be some changes coming along that group.
2: Yeah, I think Ogan done is a Brown. Um, I don't think the kid they drafted has been good enough yet to the start really take over that spot. Yeah, I mean, he's been good in spots, don't get me wrong. He's a great pass rusher, but I don't. I actually think he's as good of a pass rusher as Ogundjioyi is. I just don't know if he does the other stuff as well. So I'd be worried about that. Maybe the guy they signed from the Bengals oh, comes yeah. in, and that's.
0: I keep forgetting he's on the roster just because he opted out before the season. Right, and so every time I'm like, oh yeah, they got to do this. Like, oh yeah, they have this guy under contract.
2: <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's the route they go, but. I think, yeah, drafting another defensive lineman makes sense, like a defensive tackle, especially as Richardson's going to be a free agent next off or not 2021, but 2022 Mm offseason. And you're not going to re-sign him. He's going to be at the latter half of his career. So you're going to need a defensive tackle to come in and replace him. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, if they used every pick on defense, I wouldn't complain.
0: No, I wouldn't either.
2: Because uh, I'd like a backup guard. That that would be the only other position I would consider taking. Like Nick Harris is going to be a backup center. Maybe at some point a starting center, but I think that's it. Yeah. uh,
0: You know, uh, an offensive lineman. Give me an offensive lineman. Yeah. And And the rest on defense. Yep, I agree with that. 100%. I agree with that. Because I don't think they should be spending any draft picks on uh, skill positions on the offense.
2: No. No, you don't need to. I mean, unless the plan
0: is to blow up the receiving core, I don't think you need to. And, I mean, who knows what the future of that group holds? Uh, Because, I mean, let's be honest, this this has been a a top of discussion for over a year now. What is the future of the receiving group in Cleveland? And we still don't have an answer.
2: And I think part of it is, listen, if you're a quarterback, if you had Dak Prescott, right? Mm -hmm. The answer, I think, is you keep the receiving group and you eventually just either trade Nick Chubb or let him walk. Mm -hmm. Because your quarterback's Baker Mayfield, and it looks like for the foreseeable future it will be Baker Mayfield, I think the run game is just so important that you've got to keep Chubb. And if you're keeping Chubb and you're keeping Baker and you're keeping Miles Garrett, that receiving group is going to be the one group that just there's too much salary invested in. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be changes
0: between Landry Beckham and Hooper.
2: Right. Right. I I actually think Hooper will, if Bryant continues to look this good, I know he hasn't had a lot of catches recently. I know he had the bad fumble, but Bryant, like some of the stuff he's doing out there on offense is incredible. Mm -hmm. If that continues, next year, I think they trade Cooper the following off season, I think he gets traded. Because mm-hmm. he's still good, but he's not... I mean, Bryant looks like he could become a game-changing tight end.
1: Yeah.
0: I agree. And, and you know, if... if I was not wild about the Austin Hooper signing at the beginning or at, to, to be able just because at the time he was highest paid tight end ever and all this other stuff. I'm like, those deals never work out. Ever. <laughs>
2: nope. Nope. And I mean, listen, I, the reason I liked it is because the alternative was Nijoku.
0: Yes. So improvement over Nijoku? Yes. Highest paid tight end. No.
2: Um, oh, this is the summer we trade Njoku.
0: If someone's willing to take on Njoku, see ya. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be fifth
2: highest paid tight ends in the NFL, right? Because we extended them. We took the fifth year option. So, oh, yeah, I don't know. I think he may just, I think we may have to deal with another year of him pouting. Not so.
0: I... I saw some wild take on here about Joku being the best tight end on the roster, and I just burst out laughing when I read it. And I, j- I can't believe someone actually took the time to type that out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's,
2: that's, that Which, that is, is absolutely absurd.
0: I, I found that to be absolutely wild that <clears throat> uh, somebody thought that that was going to be that that was correct. <clears throat> Like, yeah, Austin Hooper isn't uh, what people thought he was going to be. uh, But I could have told you before that happened, before they signed him, that he's not going to be what you think he is. Um, Harrison Bryant is a rookie. He's still adjusting to the league, but I still believe he is significantly better than uh, Njoku. Oh, Jesus. Njoku, sixth highest paid tight end in the league next year on base salary. Yeah, nobody's going to take him. Nobody's going to take him. We're going to have to deal with it. It, He's getting paid more than Austin Hooper next year.
2: Yeah, or you pay somebody to take him. He makes more money than
0: Travis Kelsey next year. That's a joke.
2: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to pay a lot, right? Nobody's going to take that on. So... Najoki's going to be a problem. This is what it, like that was the problem with that pay, picking up that option mm-hmm. always. And I think it's less of a problem if you do it with Baker, just because it seems like there are no other alternatives at this point. But like with Najoku, that was always a problem. You already had alternatives on the roster. You want to get traded? Then like fine, we're not going to pick up your option. But yeah. they they picked it up, and that one. That one never made sense to me. And guess what? They're going to have to sign Chubb this summer. Like Chubb's going to be a free, they can franchise tag him, right? They can tell him that's what they're going to do and put a, the highest, the, the, whatever the highest one is where it costs like two firsts on mm-hmm. him. But he's going to want a long-term deal. And this is going to be the summer you do it without having to deal with locker room issues. So that Njoku contract is going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, 17 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns in 12 games for Mr. Njoku. Uh It's going to mean you're going to need to backload all
2: of the contracts you signed this summer. Which is like the opposite of what you want.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just it's it's frustrating, the whole Njoku thing. I I just I, I didn't get it at the time. I still don't get it. Yep. It, no, th- it, it actually looks worse now. It, there's a reason uh he only has appeared in thirty six percent of the snaps this year. Uh he doesn't block?
2: He doesn't run good routes. Like, he's just an athlete.
1: No,
0: he he's not a good blocker.
2: I, no, he doesn't block. Like, he
0: straight up doesn't block. I mean, <clears throat> is he the worst blocking tight end on, on the team, including Steven Carlson?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: I just wanted to make sure hey, I wasn't Kurt crazy.
2: Bryant's- No, Harrison Bryant's a really good blocker. Like Harrison Bryant's probably the best blocking tight end on the team, Mm -hmm. but Hooper's good at it too. And that's why they have Carlson, right? Carlson's the guy you bring in in the goal line formation because he can block. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So yeah, Njoku is clearly the worst blocker on the team. He doesn't run routes as well as Harrison Bryant, and he doesn't catch the ball as well as Austin Hooper.
0: Yeah, so why is he here? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I have theories, but those are... I, I've I've expanded on those previously. Uh,
2: the Andrew Barry, the Andrew Barry, yeah, the Andrew Barry theory. I think... I mean, we'll see what happens this summer. A lot will be told this summer. But that Njoku pick was just terrible. Just terrible, terrible. First off, you should never draft a tight end in the first round. Ever. There, it is, there's never a tight end worth a first round pick. It's like a running back, too you should not draft running backs in the first round mm-hmm. because there's always going to be good running backs available later that may be better than anybody you draft in the first round. So what I don't understand is why this like analytics heavy front office and that draft drafted a project safety and a tight end in the first round alongside a defensive end edge rusher who's been phenomenal, but like, I Is Miles Garrett really worth more than Deshaun Watson right now? No, he's not. Like in no world is he worth that much. Mm -hmm. So, and his contract, their contracts reflect that. And I, I, that that was just such a weird draft from this quote unquote analytically minded front office. Like you don't take the quarterback, you don't draft positions that are of high value in the first round, and then you tap that off by two out of those three picks being just total buff.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: I don't know what was going on there.
0: And, you know, they, they followed up their excellent drafting and going into round two. So yeah. they, their, their first round was followed up uh, just as poorly yeah. in the second round. Yeah, I do think this
2: year's draft has looked much better. Um, but I think part of that is that they did not bring the whole band back together. And I think the band they have now is definitely, a, it's still like this kind of eaglesy analytics office, but there is a scouting department. Mm-hmm. And I think that did make a difference. And I think Stefanski also is actually very good at talent evaluation. And there's not one starter on the team where I'm like, Oh, there's an alternative that may be better.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, looking at their draft this year, pulling up their draft this year, you know, uh, we don't know what Delpit is. Um, yeah, I mean, Delpit's really the only question mark for the most part. Harrison Bryant's been good, and <laughs> Harris...
2: For backup, Nick Harris has been fine. Yeah. Like, this is a weird situation, but for backup, like... He's been fine. He was fine the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jed Wills has been really good. I mean, Jed Wills has looked better than basically every other lineman outside of um, the guy Worse, who's been incredible. But Worse that's yeah. Tom Brady. So, I, I Jed Wills has been fine. I has been good. I, I think Harrison Bryant was a, the best pick. The uh, defensive tackle—I
0: always forget his name. The really Jordan Elliott, out. the Jordan Elliott, Jacob Jordan, Phillips picks. Jordan. I was not high on. No, uh, yeah. they're, they're not, actually fine. I mean, yeah, uh, they're they're th- they're typical third round picks so far. You know, yeah, uh, exactly. granted, like rookie years, but they're not standout players that you're seeing. Uh, you know, from a couple other players on this roster and other players in the league. Right. I think the way I would put it is that Harrison Bryant
2: was a triple that may be actually a home run.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And everybody else were, I think Jed Wills may be like a double, but everybody else from base hit. And Jed Wills may be a base hit too. Like 10th overall, you get best lineman on the board. I think that to a certain degree, that's a base hit. Like you're expected to do that, mm-hmm. which is fine, right? Now maybe Jed Wills becomes Joe Thomas, and then that's a home run. But I think right now it's a base hit. And listen, I it would be great if Brown's
0: drafts from here on out were all base hit. Mm-hmm. I would be good with that. Because we've seen plenty where they've all been strikeouts.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: Or, or, you know, exactly. or comebackers to the pitcher, or, or, or bunts that right. uh, go foul for a strike three. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was the
2: defensive track tackle they drafted? They were like uh, the Hawaii, It was Hawaiian, I think. Played for like two years and then they let him go.
0: Uh, it was
2: Sash's first pick. Is that Danny Shelton? Yeah, Danny Shelton. Oh, that was that one was. I'm not. I don't remember a pick that bad ever. That that was arguably the worst Browns first round pick of my lifetime.
1: Okay.
0: Pause. Um. Uh, First of all, uh, Johnny. N- n- yeah. And Justin Gilbert, also worse. Yeah, that's fair. Than, fair, fair, Than Danny Shelton. But uh, the other first round pick that they made that, that draft was significantly worse than Danny Shelton. That was Cameron Irving. Oh, God. I forgot about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know what was funny? Cameron Irving started, I think, for the Chiefs two years ago
0: in their playoff run. I I and it, it, there was him and there was an well Mitchell Schwartz, but there was another uh, lineman that was on the Chiefs last year. I don't remember who it was. Um,
2: and it was Mitchell Schwartz. I still don't understand not resign. That one to me is just so prototypical flashy Brown. It was.
0: <clears throat> Uh, it was not good. Uh, let's let's put it there. If you ever want to get uh, his brother Jeff Schwartz going on Twitter, ask him about it. Um, Jeff
2: <laughs> Austin Schwartz is a really good follow. He's uh, really good. He's really interesting to read.
0: Yeah, Austin Ryder. If you remember uh, that backup center, oh my God. Yeah. also yeah. was a starter for the twenty nineteen Kansas City Chiefs. So there was three former Browns linemen on that. Chiefs team that started last year Cameron Irving Austin Ryder Mitchell Schwartz wow yeah I mean Cameron Irving they cut
2: Cameron Irving was terrible but Mitchell Schwartz I mean when Chiefs run the ball they run it to the
0: right period yeah not signing Mitchell Schwartz was a huge mistake okay
1: Uh,
0: no one was sad when Cameron Irving was let go uh, I don't think anyone noticed that Austin Ryder left. Because um, he was a backup lineman. But yeah, uh, Mitchell Schwartz should never have left town. Uh, additionally, Alex Mack should never have left town. But th- that's that's where we are. Uh, is there any other draft picks that could rival those... Uh, That were that bad. Whedon, maybe? Yeah, maybe.
2: I got the logic behind that pick, though. Like, you needed to get a quarterback somehow. And it was a weird draft. Whedon had a giant arm. Like, his arm strength was unreal. And you knew he was pretty much bad at everything else. But to me, it was a little bit like... Uh, poor man's Josh Allen type pick Where there was at least potential there And the idea was like You're going to be bad anyways You might as well be bad and try to get this guy to be good
0: If I remember correctly Who they actually wanted to draft Was taken off the board before their selection And Whedon ended up being a Panic selection
2: Yeah, yeah, that is exactly what happened The worst thing actually was the running What Trent um, Who was the running back they drafted? Richardson, Trent Richardson Trent Richardson. That was that is up there with the worst Brown first round picks of all time.
0: He was good he, as a he was good as a rookie.
2: <laughs> he was a good goal line back. That's about uh, it. Mean. He, he didn't. He was good at getting
0: touchdowns. was like a fullback. I remember uh, there was there was some friction when Jim Brown came out and publicly said that Trent Richardson wasn't good, and people were like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, well, Jim Brown was right. Um, <laughs>
2: actually is pretty good at a talent evaluation. I know people don't want to believe it, but like dude played in the NFL is arguably the greatest running back of all time. And then has been watching the NFL every year since he's pretty good at evaluating talent.
0: Yeah. And we got a first round pick that we wasted for Trent Richardson. <clears throat> Thanks Ryan Gregson. Oh, they can tell that, tell him that in oh. person.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> he's on—he's
0: yeah. on the staff now. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yep.
2: Yeah, man. Well, let's just hope we make the playoffs this weekend. Let's just hope for a win.
0: Let's hope the Steelers rest some more starters besides just Roethlisberger. Uh, you know. Yep. No Smith, Schuster, uh, no Chase Claypool. Uh, Everybody's like, oh, well, we want to beat a good team, so like it shows. We, I don't
2: care. Steelers could trot out a whole. That Steelers could try it out the same receivers we trotted out last week.
0: If it means we win, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Just get in. I, I I don't care about the quality of the win to get in. Just get in. Uh, get in. Right. I mean, get the win. And if you want to play some mind games with yourself, just pretend that they're the Jets and that you lost to the Steelers the week before. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just just get in. <laughs> Get the win, get in, and move along. Yep, exactly.